Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, take out those notes that you got today. We are a note-taking church. You are four times more likely to remember it if you write it down. You can do it digitally on our app, or you can do those paper notes that we hand out. And I want to talk to you for a bit today about the subject of freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. In a world that it seems like there's so much chaos, I want to show you today how you can walk in freedom from fear. It would seem like when you turn on the news, it's so much bad that's going on in the world today. It would seem like we're in the brink of World War III. The world's kind of turning on Israel, and we know, man, that things don't work out well when the world turns on Israel. It's going to be all messy in that area of the world. And then, then the news broke the other day of another major mass shooting in the United States, 18 people dead in Maine. And what is the response? The response is fear. It's just, it's overwhelming what's going on. We just went through a global pandemic that brings fear. Um, nobody's looking at the political climate in America and going, man, I have such trust in that system. And there's a lot of fear. It's broken. It's messed up. The financial future is rough right now. The market's just went into correction territory the other day. And the response from that, again, is a lot of fear. What are we going to do about retirement? What are we going to do about our savings? What's going to happen with our jobs? There's a lot of fear in the world today. And if you look at social media, it seems like there's a lot of young people walking away from the faith. It would seem like people are deconstructing. There's a lot of stuff that brings fear into the world. It's kind of like at an extreme right now. And I want to show you how you can have freedom from fear. And if it's not those major fears, there's other fears that we all deal with on a daily basis. I looked at some of the top fears, and maybe some of these are some that you deal with. You know, one of the number one fears out there is the fear of social interaction. You're the people that when the pastor says, turn to your neighbor, you're like, dear God, no. <laughs> you just had a moment where they're like, hey, greet the person next to you, and you just stood there like, please, no, that's not why I'm here. There's the fear of death, and I just want you to know you're one day closer than you were yesterday. That's depressing. Fear of failure. You want your life to be a success. There's the fear of developing a disease. I don't know if you have this one. I kind of had this one. There's, it's always like, man, something's going to happen. Yesterday, I was hanging out with my kids in the backyard, and, and I stepped on about an inch and a half long rusty nail. Went right through the sole of my feet. And, and I had to like lean down, and it, I'm pulling this rusty nail, out and it's stuck. Like, I want you to think about it. Like, just stuck, and I'm just pulling this thing out. So I tell Katie, like, I run in the house, I tell Katie, uh, we're trying to get it all, like, cleaned up. And, and so I was like, oh, man. She's like, well, when was your last tetanus shot? And so I was like, I don't know. So I went online. You can pull your records. And I pulled my record online, and I found out my last tetanus shot was in 1998. <laughs> Some of y'all weren't even alive in 1998. <laughs> So I went and got a tetanus shot, had to get all this taken care of. Because and, and, I, I was Googling it. And then you Google, what happens you get tetanus? I'm there saying goodbye to my family. Like, it's all over. It's just, there's a disease coming. So if I pass out on the stage, you know what the issue is, all right? I'm just kidding. Fear of spiders. Anybody deal with fear of spiders? Come on, we're my spider people. Yeah, like, like I, I, they're eight-legged demonic creatures. Yeah, there's they're something that's always going to attack you. Fear of snakes, any snake people. Like, there's fear of those. Yeah, I don't know why they exist. And... And they're terrible. And uh, anybody deal with fear of enclosed spaces? 
Like I, I am that way too. I, I don't want to, like people do like the, the cave exploring kind of deal. And they're like these little places you have like an inch above you, an inch below. No way. I, I don't do well with that. Fear of heights. Where are my fear of heights people? Come on. At all of our campuses. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things too. I don't like to get next to an edge. Uh, don't like to get high up on a ladder. Um, and then where are my people that just have the fear of missing out? Come on, where are y'all at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys, you're at every event all the time because you're always fearful of missing out. We, we deal with all kinds of fear, but really today I want to dive in to what the Bible calls a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. Paul writes about a spirit of fear to his spiritual son, a guy by the name of Timothy, and he says it this way, and I want you to get this verse because you're going to hear it over and over and over again today, and I think you'll never forget it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, we're going to pick up there, and it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. There it is right there. Spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Let me tell you what a spirit of fear is. A spirit of fear is a controlling agent that paralyzes the believer. And I want you to understand this with worry, stress, anxiety about things that they cannot control. And that's what a spirit of fear is, is it comes into your life and it grips your life and you, you end up not being able to sleep at night and, and you're stressed and you're worried about things you can't even control. Let me, let me give you some examples. A spirit of fear comes over you and in your single life and you get overwhelmed with this idea, I'm never going to find anybody. And you have these, this anxious life right now going, I'm just never going to find that one. What is that? That's a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear comes over you. Maybe it's with your parenting and you're just so worried and so concerned. Something bad's gonna happen to my kids. Something bad's gonna happen to my spouse. It's a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear makes you where you don't wanna disappoint people. So what you end up doing is you overextend yourself. You stress yourself out. You pack your calendar. What's driving all of that? All of that's driven by a spirit of, spirit of fear. A spirit of fear means that you're so tight with your money that you're never generous. You're, you're never able to give to others. You're never able to even tithe. Why? Because you're so tight going, I just don't know if something bad's going to happen. I got to hold on to it. What is, what is driving all that? A spirit of fear. A spirit of fear keeps you from stepping out in faith towards your calling because you're so concerned about all the things that could happen and you're so focused on all the things that you've done and all the mistakes you made and you go, God could never use me. What's keeping you from your calling? It's a spirit of fear. And I want you to understand this because it'll grip your life. Here's the fact is that fear is a spiritual enemy to the life of faith. It is a spiritual enemy to the life of faith. Everything about fear is to stop you, but faith is about moving you forward. Fear is about what is wrong, where faith is about what is right. Fear is about how bad life is, but faith is about what is possible with God. And all throughout the scriptures, we see God attacking our fear through faith. The phrase, fear not, is mentioned 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year. Here's why, because every single day, fear is gonna attack you and you have to learn to choose faith. 
The Bible actually tells us a definition of faith. It says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. And I would tell you that fear and faith have the same definition, but in the opposite. Let me explain. You see, faith is confidence in what we do not see. We're confident in God. We're confident that he'll turn things around for the good. We're confident in his power. But fear is confidence in the wrong thing. It's confident that things are going to turn out bad. It's confident that things are all going to fall apart. It's confident that we're going to get the disease. It's confident that my bank account's never going to be good. It's confident in the wrong thing. Are you choosing fear or are you choosing faith in the world today? But I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But here's what he says. He, we overcome that with power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to say those three with me today. And I, I wanted you to help you because I want you never to forget this message. Because when fear attacks, you need to know how to overcome it. Ready? Power, love, and a sound mind. Can we do it all together? Ready? Power love, and a sound mind. I got about 50% of you. I need you at every campus. Ready? Power, love, and a sound mind. You want to know how to overcome fear when it comes into your life. You've got to learn to tap into power, love, and a sound mind. So let's break them down. Three different things, and I think it's going to help you today. When fear attacks, you got to remember God's power. Remember God's power. When we get saved, we receive access to the power of God in our life. And God's power is so much greater than whatever is coming against you right now. Fear is the result of a lack of understanding of God's power. Because if you knew how powerful God is, then you would not be fearful about whatever you're facing right now. Let me give you an example of this, you know, like my little visuals. Let me, let me throw this up there on the screen. So you got two different rides that you can experience. The first ride you can find at the local fair and um, the strawberry festival, the, the state fair, and it's those rides up there. And then you got the rides at Bush Gardens, okay? Both of them are amusement type rides. The top one, I do not ride. I don't ride it. And the reason I don't ride it is because it was on the, the interstate about an hour before this picture right there. And I don't know if you've seen the picture of the people who put this thing together, but with all love, I don't trust them. Plant City educated. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just That's funny right there. The only difference between these two is who's behind it. <laughs> the, the, the bottom one, I, I, love, I love going to Bush Gardens. My kids love roller coasters, and I'll ride them because Bush Gardens is not designed by some person that, you got, you got the idea. You got the idea. And the reality is, is that this has been, the, the rides at Bush Gardens have been engineered and put together by really, really, really smart people that I've put this together and my life is okay because it's in the hands of someone that's capable of handling me. Does that make sense? I wonder who's behind your life. Who's behind your life? If you recognize who has actually got your back, you wouldn't be as fearful as you are right now. 
Because as Christians, we understand that we are not our own. We have been bought by a price. We belong to the Lord. And if we belong to the Lord, then his power has got our back and we can handle whatever we're going through today. That's why Jeremiah the prophet says it this way. Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing. Why does he know this? Because he knows that by God's great power, the miraculous can happen. So we don't need to live in fear. One of the great questions I get from young preachers all the time, and they, I hopefully consider myself still a young preacher, but I've got a few more months till 40, so I'll keep calling myself young. But uh, the young preachers will ask me, and it's always the same few questions. And one of them is always this, is simply, do you still get nervous when you get on the stage? Do you still get nervous? And, and so my response is 100% of the time, 100% of the time, I'm nervous when I get on stage because I understand the weight of what God's called me to do. Like, I understand that you got to think about this. Okay, right now, this is being streamed in front of thousands of people, nine different campuses. Um, and then every single word is being kind of like scrutinized. I'm only one fail away from going viral. <laughs> so please don't do that for me, all right? And, and more than that, you got to think there's, there's people giving God one more shot. They're going, God, I'm, I'm giving this one chance. If this isn't a work from you, I'm out of this place. And and so, like, I, I feel that weight. Like, it's overwhelming. It's like, I got 30 minutes. I'm trying to hold y'all's attention, like, for 30 minutes in, like, an ADD world where, you know, there's so much that's grabbing at it. It's like, it's an intense job, a calling that God's given me. So, of course, I'm nervous. But I also understand I'm not doing this thing alone. I understand, like, with my calling, it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking, and I'm nervous, but I also know who's got my back. I also know it's really not about me, it's about him. It's not about my words, it's about what the Holy Spirit does in your heart. It's not about how gifted I am, it's about how good he is. And so when I recognize that part, I realize, you know what? I don't have to be overcome with a spirit of fear that'll paralyze me. I can walk in my calling because of his power. And you can too. So whatever it is that God's told you to do in your life, whether it's witnessing to a friend, raising those kids in the faith, having a God-honoring marriage, living out in generosity, you don't have to walk in fear because God's got your back. Can we give them some praise today? And that's the difference between fear and faith because fear focuses on the power of the problem, but faith focuses on the power of the problem solver. So, so you can look at how bad everything is in the world and you can think of all the power that it's got to ruin your life. But I'm just thankful that I don't have to have my eyes on that. I can get my eyes on him. David says it this way, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. Can we say this verse out loud? Ready? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. One more time. Every campus ready. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. And I don't know who you think or what you think is against you, but let me remind you who is for you. He is the great 
I am. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. With one word, he created the heavens and with one word, he can change everything in your life. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is our defender. He is a good father who cares for his children. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is for us. He goes before us and he's always going to be with us and he's our soon coming king. One day soon the trumpets will sound and he will return. He is our God and we should give him some praise that he's on our side. Come on church. He's on our side. That's the God we serve. Y'all give me a couple weeks away. I'll come back and preach. All right, come on. So when fear attacks, what do we do? He says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And then the second one, ready? And of love. Love. What do we do when fear attacks? Ready? We realize God's love. We realize God's love. Oh, he loves us. He's unbelievably madly in love with you. We um, like to go on walks as a family. And so we try to do one every couple days or so. And we don't live in a gated community. We live in kind of a road that's off of a busy road in Brandon. And so what we have to do is we have to walk out of our house and walk to that busy road. And we kind of find a little neighborhood and go walk around. It's kind of our routine. So the other day we were walking on our road towards the busy road in Brandon. And as we were walking, um, we're all just talking. And I hear one of my kids yell out for Adeline. Adeline's my two-year-old. She's about to turn three in a couple weeks. And she, they're like, Adeline, Adeline. But it's normal. Like we're always kind of yelling at each other. You know, we're a family of seven. So it's like, there's a lot of yelling. And, and so I didn't take it as a big ordeal until a few seconds later, I hear my wife and it's that like blood hurling, like scream, Adeline. And I knew something's wrong. And my two, almost three-year-old is darting straight. I mean, sprinting towards the, that road, the busy road. And so I drop everything, everything I have in my hand, my phone, the dog, everything. I drop it all. And I race off towards this girl and I grab her and she's about 10 feet away from the traffic that's coming there. 10 feet away from like a disaster. And I grabbed her. There was never a moment as she's running towards the road that I look at my wife and go, this will be a good lesson for her. I'm a good dad. And because I'm a good dad, I care about my children. And you have a distorted view of God to think that he would allow you to get hurt time and time and time again and just go, well, this is just, I guess this God just wanted me to have this, all this hurt in my life. He's a good father and he loves you. The Bible says it this way in 1 John, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. We are sons and daughters of the living God. And because we are children of God, he's got our back. 
And the world doesn't know this. That's what the verse says. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. They, they don't know the hope that we have. And if you're joining us today at one of our campuses and you don't know the hope that's found in Christ, you don't know what it means to be part of the family of God, I'm gonna give you an opportunity in just a second, in just a few minutes to surrender your life and to surrender your sins because it's that sin that separates us. But I'm telling you, that's why Jesus came. And that's why he died because he wanted you part of the family of God. And when you do, when you do, come to him and you surrender and you beca he becomes your Lord and your Savior. You're adopted in. We're no longer orphans on our own. We've been become part of the family of God. How beautiful is that? That we get to be part of his family and now we belong to him. And if we belong to him, we know that he loves us. And then John, he goes on to say it this way, for there's no fear in love. But perfect love, the love from God, drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You can actually, and I want you to lean into this, all of our campuses, listen, you can actually know how much you understand of God's love based on how much you fear. The more you fear, the more you don't understand how much God really loves you. Even over the last few weeks, as, as this stuff has happened in the Middle East and trials and stuff going on in, in America, I, I had moments of like major fear. I could feel that spirit of fear starting to grip my life. And when I realized that, I realized, wait, whoa, 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 I'm missing out on how much God loves me. Because if I knew how much God loves me, I would realize that I don't need to fear anymore. I wrote it down this way, ready? When I experience fear, it serves as a reminder to me that there's still more of God's love for me to experience. I'm fearing because I'm not experiencing the perfect love that drives out fear. So when there's fear in my life, what I need is a fresh realization that God loves me, that he is for me, and that well, he will care for me no matter what's going on in my life. Can we give him a little bit of praise today, church? So what do we do when fear attacks? What do we do? We, we tap into God's power. We understand his love. And ready, here it is. It's God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of ready, power, love. And here's the third one, ready? And a what? A sound mind. Here's what you do when fear attacks. It's you renew your mind. You renew your mind. Our mind has a tendency always to go to the worst case scenario. I was in California last week and uh, I didn't have my phone with me for about 30 minutes and then I looked down at my phone and I have like three missed calls from Katie. And I'm like, oh no, someone died. No. Worst case scenario, always the worst. And I call back, it says, hey, I was trying to find something around the house. I'm like, you scared me to death. It's always worst case scenario. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like I've got a, le a pain in my leg. Okay, we're gonna have to chop your leg off. It's the worst case scenario. It's always worse. Your boss texts you, they need to meet. What do you do? I'm getting fired. You could be getting a promotion, but you think you're getting fired because it's always worst case scenario. It's, it's always gonna be this way. You've gotta change the way you think. This is why we love God's word and we get in God's word and we read God's word because as we're reading God's word, it's changing our mind to think the way God thinks. And when I'm overcome with fear, I'm realizing there's parts of my mind that are not transformed yet to think the way God thinks. That's why Paul says we have the mind of Christ. So I, I, I said it this way, and I want you to get it. It's, it's, that means you're thinking about your situation 
the way Jesus would handle your situation. So you're in a season right now, you don't get it. You're overcome with fear. Think about it the way Jesus would think about it. So here's my, here's my wisdom for you. Ready? We can freak out when Jesus freaks out. <laughs> and he's not up in heaven right now, pacing back and forth, going, I don't know how all this is going to end. He's good, and he's in charge, and he's working all things together for the good. So we got to have the mind of Christ. He's good. He's turning it around. I'm going to think the way God wants me to think. So let's make it real practical as we go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You go, Aaron, how do I get that? How do, how do I get it? When, the, when that fear attacks, when that anxiety attacks, what do I do? Here's the verse I've been praying the last couple of weeks. And I think it's something that'll help you. Paul says it this way. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. That word anything means anything. No matter what you're going through, we don't have to have anxiety, fear, stress. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Doesn't he give us that beautiful picture? It's like, I've got the weight of the world, and what do I do with the weight of the world on my shoulder? I go into God's presence, which we have access to. And when I get into God's presence, I'm able to present him all my fears, all my concerns, all my worries, and I come to him and I present it to him. And when I'm in God's presence, the Bible says, and the peace of God which transcends all your understanding. Like all your friends are gonna look at you and go, how in the world do you have peace during this time? And you're gonna go, because my peace is not determined by what's going on in the world today. My peace is determined by the person of Jesus that I can get into his presence and I can present my needs and he brings peace into my life. And here's what his peace will do. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because I don't know about you, in this season, I need my heart and I need my mind guarded by the fear of the world, by the attacks of the enemy. So how do I do it? I just got to get in God's presence. I got to present my needs to him. I've had moments over the last couple of weeks, to be honest, it reminds me of the first few weeks of the COVID outbreak, where there's just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of concerns, a lot of fear. I've had those moments. And what I've done personally is I've just upped my worship game. And um, I've had to do it where I've gone a little old school. I know some of y'all are young. And, and as I, what I did is I went back to some of those songs that rocked me in the 90s and early 2000s. Just kind of got and just in deep in God's presence. And it's amazing when I'm in his presence, I experience peace. I've asked our team to lead us in one. Just right there where you're sitting, I just want you to experience the peace of God as you get close to him today. Close to him. God, we want to get close to you. Come on, let's sing it out. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I And no one else.
want us to pray together. I want us to be a church family. You go, Aaron, um, I, I'm battling a spirit of fear. I'm battling. Maybe it's in your, uh, your finances, your, your family, maybe something that's going on in your life. If that's you, you're battling a spirit of fear. Come on, just throw a hand up to heaven right now, all over this room, all over all our campuses, hundreds of hands are raised. If there's someone next to you, come on, just put a hand right on their shoulder. Can we be the church family right now? Can we just believe God right now that he will give us power, love, and a sound mind? God, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for the fact that we can bring our petitions, our requests to you. And we pray for our brothers and sisters right now who are battling a spirit of fear. We thank you, God, that you have given us and promised us power. We pray for your power over their life, your power over every area that they're struggling with right now. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you deeply love us and you're for us and you're behind us. And we thank you for a sound mind. If it's not in your thoughts, don't let it be in our thoughts. God, let us think with the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, one more time. Let's have a moment. Let's surrender it. Let's submit it to the Lord one more time. Come on, let's sing it out. Before we transition it back to our location pastors, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want you to know you're not too far gone. You're not disqualified. It's actually your sin and your mistakes that qualify you for the grace of Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Because 2,000 years ago, when we were lost in our sins, he died on that cross, lived a perfect life, died a horrific death for your sins and for mine. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. He was victorious so that you could be victorious. And if that's you today, I want you to make a public decision right there in your seat to say, today's my day. 
I'm giving Jesus my life. And we're in front of a church family that we love you. We're going to celebrate you. We're not going to shame you. But if that's you today and you go, today's my day. I'm getting born again. I'm going all in with Jesus. If that's you, on the count of three, throw the hand out. Ready? Be bold. This is your day to go, I'm going all in with Jesus. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw that hand up if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. We're cheering you on. Thank you at all of our campuses. Come on. That's a big deal. We're proud of you. We're proud of you. Let's all pray this prayer out loud. And if you raised your hand, I want you to really mean this with your heart. It's, a, it's not the prayer that saves us. It's that act of faith saying, God, I'm giving it all to you. Say it like this. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin. I give you my past. Forgive me. Give me a fresh start. I make the decision to make you my Lord and my Savior. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, Radiant, can we go wild and crazy just like heaven is right now for those who just made the best decision? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.